1 John chapter 4, and we'll start reading with verse 7. You're getting a good dose of the theolo- what they call Johannine theology <laughs> this morning. Uh, you're hearing many things read from, from uh, his writings. And hear these words. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be an atonement for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and His love is perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him and He in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in Him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as He is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because He first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God whom He has not seen. And this commandment we have from Him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Let us pray. Jesus, we thank You for Your Word to us. And Lord, Lord Spirit, who penned these words for us through the Apostle John, would you come and illumine our minds, point our hearts to you this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
The last words that Pappy ever said to us, to my family, was on the phone last Sunday. Um, And he wasn't talking much at that point, and he didn't talk uh, after that day actually ever again uh, in in this world. But on that day, he... Uh, was talking to us on the phone, or we were talking to him, really, and um, Jackson told him that he loved him, and Pappy came back and said in a very weak voice, uh, I love you. It was the last thing he said, and yet was the most powerful thing that anyone can say, is, I love you. It's also the most misused, probably, thing that we have in our society. We've... We've ran it over. We've misunderstood it. We've misinterpreted it to mean things that it never meant. And yet, our guide, which is the Word of God, always corrects us. Love is something simple that Jackson and Baylor and Bo all know what it means. And yet, I don't fully know what it means. And yet... Someone in their 90s, like Dr. Dallas Baggett, still doesn't understand all of what it means to love. Love is a mystery, and yet it's something we know very well. It's something that when we see it, we recognize it. It reverberates in our hearts. We, it pulls at us. We're drawn to it. And one thing about my pap is... <clears throat> Most people said the same thing, and that was there wasn't much to not like or love about Pappy. He was a very lovable person. And you know those kind of people in your life. And John would exhort us to all be that kind of person. A person that at the end of their life can say, I love you, and understand that that is the most important thing that can be said on someone's deathbed. St. John of the Cross said, In the evening of your life, you'll be judged by your love. So when everything's dimming out for you, what really matters is how you loved. Not how many buildings you built, not what kind of room you're in, not what kind of situation you're in, or how much money you made, or what people thought about you at work, but instead, who did you love? And how did you love? We just came off of looking at seven different sayings of Jesus Christ from His deathbed, which was a cross. And I want to focus on two this morning. Not words, but two things that were happening in order for Him to be able to go to the cross and what it means for us because He has gone to the cross. And it's just two simple things that you know very well and it's in your bulletin as my uh, sermon title here is Love and Forgiveness. You see, Pap, as he was getting older, I would always come up to him and put my hand on his shoulder just like I do many of you when I'm greeting you. And I'd say to him, My Pap... That's what I'd always have. My pap, you know. And he'd say, Yeah, son, but there's not much left of your pap anymore. 
And he kept saying that as he got older and older. And, you know, you don't know what to say in a moment like that when somebody says something that, especially as a, as a young fellow like me, I don't, I don't, what am I supposed to say to offer to him, you know, um, in a moment like that? And as that shoulder get, kept getting thinner and thinner until it was just bone, really, that you were touching, he would just keep saying the same thing. I'd say, my pap, every time I'd see him, you know, and he'd say, son, not much left to your pap anymore. Um, as I've thought about that, and as I've thought about his death and his life, Pappy, too, resembled Christ the most because he loved and because he forgave people. You see, Pappy was in love. He was in love with God, who ought to be our first love, the Scripture says. In our priorities, God is the only thing we need in this life. It's why when he was tempted to turn rocks and stones into bread, he did not fall into that temptation because he said, mankind only ultimately needs God. Because bread cannot sustain you for eternity, but God can. Everyone will die, some by starvation, some because their body shuts down and will not eat. That's the natural mechanism of the body when someone is dying. You see, bread isn't enough. Food isn't enough. God is the only substance that we ultimately have to have in this life. And my grandpa understood that. Jesus understood that. That's why he went out early in the morning to pray to God. It's why he fasted and prayed to God. It's why He chose God's will over His own will. Pappy knew that he had a maker. (laughs) And he was willing to share that with other people. He knew that he was redeemed by Jesus Christ. But he also was in love with Mimal. Deeply in love with this girl that he had been with and married to for 61 years. They celebrated last Sunday on Easter Easter Sunday. 61 years together of being one. When you looked at how he treated her, you understood what the marital vows tell you to do, and that is to love and to cherish. He cherished Mimal. He took care of her. He treated her as a precious jewel. And he never let us uh, off the hook either because he would always tell me, boy, you better take care of that girl of yours. I'll come down there and bust your britches if you don't. That's what he always tell me. Every, every time we left, he never was concerned with me. Uh, I guess he felt like I was already taken care of, but he was always concerned with her. He was always concerned with the girls that were at his house. Not just because he was a ladies' man, but because he truly knew that these women in our lives are jewels. They're precious stones that must be protected, helped, nurtured, cared for, cherished. And he did that in his life. He did. And that's why his passing is so tough for me, Mo. 
It's like gluing two pieces of paper together and they becoming one. And to rip them apart is to tear both because now they're inseparable. That's why divorce is so tough. That's why divorce is so destructive to the person, to both parties, not just one. We, when we're married, are one. He also loved his family. He was in love with his family. He was in love with my boys. And I'll never forget, as I told you, uh, going to the hospital that day and seeing the meeting of these two faces. Jackson, so innocent and new. And Pappy, old, worn out, wise, looking into one another's eyes. It was, I'm telling you, it was a meeting that has been seared in my mind as they looked at each other. And Pappy was just almost absorbing the love that Jackson had for him. Just soaking, just looking directly at him. Not moved by anything else going on in the room. Fixed his eyes on my son because he knew that floating in those veins was his very life. It's his heritage. You know, it's fascinating how God has created us. (laughs) Um, When two people love each other, naturally there comes another. This also happens in the Holy Trinity. It's not just the Father and Son. It's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And only when things are contracepted do you not get life being produced from that love, that union. And he knew very well the joy of producing children, of having a heritage, of loving his family, of being a family man. Because he knew that God was, was and is a divine family. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Isn't it interesting that when God describes Himself to us, He uses familial language, family language. He doesn't describe himself as a philosopher. Good out. Could have been the philosopher and the theologian and the book. But instead, it's Father, Son, and Spirit. Pap also loved his church. <laughs> if you'd have been at the service, you'd have heard and seen from many people that he was a man who was very dedicated to the church of Jesus Christ and to his friends. He was always faithful to go, to be, to give. Even on a fixed income, we learned that he had been giving to St. Jude for years and years. Uh, And of course, he gave always to his church. He was a giving person. Isn't God a giving person? He gave His own very Son, and Jesus gave His own life, and the Spirit gives us life and breath. It's amazing the similarities of this life to God's life. (laughs) And Pap also worked. He was in love with work. I know we we complain about it, and rightly so. A lot of times, most of us are maybe overworked, maybe. We went to another country, wouldn't probably think so. But here, we feel overworked. But Pappy loved work because he understood that God worked. Even before the fall. My brother and I were talking about this. Even before the fall, God worked. 
work is not a bad thing. Work is not a punishment for sin. Work is something that God has created us to do. He has created us to produce in the world. This is what He told them before even we sinned was what? Have dominion over the world. Cultivate the ground. Make something of it. Make something better of it. Your lot in life ought to be better. It ought to be made better than what it was when you got there. You see, Pap lived a life that, just as it says here in 1 John, was in love. And now he rests actually in love with a capital L. Because guess what? God is love. It's not something that God just does. God doesn't just do love or has love, has a reservoir of love. He actually in Himself is love. Which is why the purpose of life then is to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Three people that you have to love, and that is God, yourself, and everyone else. How hard is that? And yet it is very hard. Because the second point I want to make is we're unwilling to forgive. You see, forgiveness goes right along with relationships. You will not last 61 years in a marriage if you are unwilling to forgive. You won't be faithful to your friends if you're unwilling to forgive. Forgiveness and love go hand in hand because because forgiveness is the first act of love. Notice Jesus on the cross. What is the first thing He says? Father, forgive them. Peter Craft in his book, Before I Go, which was written to his children. He's a philosopher. It was written to his children before he dies. Hence, before I go. And he says to them in there, if I had one minute to say something to you as I was dying, I would say two things. I love you and I forgive you. And when Pappy was dying, there were two things that kept being repeated. And that was, I love you. He would call for Daddy. Son, I love you. And then one night, Daddy said he just started forgiving and asking for forgiveness from everyone. Forgive me for this. Son, forgive me for not being the dad that I always wanted to be. Forgive me for this. It's what means the most. You see, Pappy had been forgiven of his sins. That's why he forgave. And the reason we don't forgive is either we're too selfish or we haven't ever been forgiven of our sins. Either we're so selfish we can't see how bad we are inside here, how corrupt we can be at times, the gravity of our sin, or we've just never been forgiven ourselves. Today, look to God for forgiveness. Because when He forgives you a great debt, you will then turn around and forgive others. You won't be so quick to judge once you see the faults in your own heart. It's just what Jesus said so many years ago, and that is, we're too busy trying to get the little speck out of somebody else's eye while there's a telephone pole in ours. 
Now, they didn't have telephone poles, but that's what he meant. You see, Pap was what we call a saint of God. And it wasn't that when he walked in the room, you heard, that's not what a saint is. Paul wrote to the Corinthians who were extremely troubled and confused and called them saints of God. If Paul wrote to us today, he would say, to the saints of God at Harvest Point. And you say, boy, I sure don't feel like a saint most of the time. What does a saint do at base? He loves and he forgives because that's exactly what Jesus says he came to do. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. We're very forgiving for ourselves. That's why you've made it this far. Because trust me, we've all messed up, but we haven't given up on ourselves. We've forgiven ourselves and picked up and went on. Can you do that in your relationships? Because that's what it means to forgive. I'm not going to hold it against you. Let's move on. Last thing I want to say about my pap uh, this morning in correlation to this scripture is as I've thought about his life and death, I realize now that he was the best kind of philosopher. <laughs> he was the best kind of theologian. Now, he didn't write books, he didn't use big words like I try to do. But instead, he did exactly what Jesus did because Jesus never wrote a book. Jesus never left behind sermons on people's iPods. But instead, Jesus lived a life that became the Gospel. And through that life, it echoed throughout the ages, even down to this moment. That one life lived makes it all the way down here to us. And ask us this morning, Jesus asked us this morning, are you willing to love and are you willing to forgive? Because if you are, you'll have a meaningful life. If you don't love, Paul will correct us and say, you have nothing. You see, what I should have said when I put my hand on Pap's shoulder and he said, not much left of you, Pap, son. He said, Pap, you're right about most things because you're a dag. But you're wrong about this. There is a lot left of you in this world because he loved one another. He loved God. And he forgave people. If you want to be a tree in this world and not just a passing leaf, You must love and you must forgive. At the end of your life, and there will be an end, it's all that matters. It's all that matters.